Spoilers ahead. How how does anyone not have a good attendance record? It's like you live here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, is <laughs> did you go to all your classes, Rogers Harry? No. No. Okay. Yep. Is that a deer? Oh dear. It is a deer. It's oh a dear. It's a ghost deer. I have no idea, man. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Watch Play Cry, where we talk about our thoughts, feelings, and more feelings about narrative video games. Video games have an amazing ability to make storytelling interactive, and a level of immersion and emotional attachment in narrative video games is the reason we created this space here to talk about them, to share our thoughts and feelings about them. My name is Andy Wong, and I'm joined by some good friends, Rogers. Hi, Andy. Melly. Hi, Andy. Harry. Hi, Andy. Chi. Hi, Andy. And Angela. Hi, Andy. And now to kick it to Melly for our intro. Holy shit, Max. We sneak out after a long day at night to meet up with Chloe and sneak past a drunk Principal Wells and do a B&E into Blackwell Academy thanks to Chloe, who stole her stepdad's spare keys to the school. Yay, crime! We sneak and snoop into the principal's office where we totally do not violate anyone's privacy by looking into all the key characters' permanent school records. We break into the principal's office, into the science classroom, What's left, if not the pool? We go for a friendly swim when security comes in and forces us to run away. Drenched in chlorine water, we crash overnight at Chloe's and wake up in the morning laying beside Chloe, which demanded a selfie. After breakfast with Joyce, Chloe distracts Joyce in order to give us a window to do some more sneaking and snooping, but this time with David Madsen's computer. We'd make a great spy. Max discovers David has files on Rachel Amber, Kate Marsh, and us. What a creep. We confront him after his long night day and Joyce takes our side because what David is doing is creepy. We go to the two whales to find Frank's RV. Given our respect for people's privacy and property, we leave his RV alone, temporarily, to get the keys from Frank so we can sneak and snoop inside his RV. What ensues is a dialogue maze where we listen to Nathan Prescott tell us holy shit Max about 20 times before we finally get Frank's keys without him knowing. Inside, we find out that Rachel Amber did indeed have a romantic relationship with Frank. She lied to Chloe about it. What a best friend. We also find and give back Chloe's gun. Back at Chloe's house, we look at a picture and travel back in time through the picture that was taken on the day Chloe's dad died. We prevent him from dying and end up back in our own timeline. But did we? We find ourselves part of the Vortex Club. Warren is dating Stella, and Chloe is in a wheelchair? What? A tarot bag. <laughs> yeah, oh man, a round of applause for Melly. That was very well written, <laughs> Melly. <laughs> I think the issue is, when I skim over this stuff, I don't hear it in my head, and I just see the words, and it just comes up as Andy. And then when Melly reads it, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's, it's not meant for normal humans to read. These are definitely words that come out of Andy's mouth, not, not out of anyone else's. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I'm trying to give my best uh, Andy impression, so it's... No, it's not your fault. If you can hear it in Andy's it's voice, Andy's fault. Then, it's, it's then Andy's I should be able to read it in Andy's voice. I don't think anyone can read it in Andy's voice. Not even Andy. <laughs> 
We're not primal enough. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be pretty primal. <laughs> that's that's primal. You know, it's primal. This episode, it was pretty primal. <laughs> oh man, I want to throw it to you guys to see what you guys thought. Oh, uh, Angela, why don't you kick us off? What were your general thoughts? All right. Overall, my general thoughts on this episode was that I really liked it, actually. I thought this episode had a lot of action with the sneaking into the school and hiding from David there. Also collecting information and spying on people, um, sneaking into (laughs) Frank's RV. I really enjoyed all of that. Got to learn more about Chloe's family relationship, which was really interesting as well. Although I do feel bad for David because I think when we took Chloe's side, Max kind of was a little too harsh towards him when she sided with him. Like when we got the reaction or the action happened, all of us were like, ooh, that's more brutal than we expected. (laughs) But yeah, the chapter was really good overall. And it ends off with the new reality, which is with Chloe in a wheelchair. So that was a cool plot twist. We'll sting on to our next opinion. Chi, what are your thoughts? Feelings. Oh, I think... And more feelings. feelings. (laughs) About narrative video games. (laughs) This this one specifically. (laughs) Uh, I think this was a good chapter, but it could have been a great chapter. So there was definitely a lot more content in this one compared to the last filler chapter. But the problem with this chapter was there was actually way too much searching and fetching quests. Almost like every interaction was you have to go and find something or pick up something or do something. So by the time you get to the the uh, RV, you're still looking for stuff. It definitely got a bit repetitive for me. The swimming pool scene felt really weird to me. I almost feel like they were going for some sort of fan service, but yet it just came out as very cringe. Like that whole scene could have just been removed and it would have been totally fine, right? I like the part afterwards where you were trying to uh, escape from the security because it allows you to use your powers in a slightly different way compared to what you've been doing so far. But you don't need to put that after the pool scene. You can put that literally right after breaking into the uh, the office, right? The morning after scene is also a bit awkward for me. I kind of understood what they're trying to go for, but maybe it w- if it was a bit shorter, I would have been okay with it. Just like the other episodes, I think the last 30 minutes was definitely the strongest part of it. I really like how they introduced a new mechanic and kind of just throws another wrench in like the gear. And Cliffhanger was definitely something cool. Yeah, I think the game does a good job with its cliffhangers. It's got to work on the middle part a bit. And yeah, it could have been a really good episode. Yeah, I liked it overall, though. It could have been great, but it was good for you, Mm -hmm. Harry. Anything to add? Well, for me, I, at the same time, uh, agree with uh, Angela and Chi on this. I I thought it was um, very entertaining to watch. Yes, there were quite a bit of things where you had to like look around, look here, look there. And just I see why they were making you do that, because the whole point of the story was like they're, they're trying to get more information to just say Nathan Prescott is a weirdo and we need to send him to a psychiatric hospital or some sort of place because he clearly has some sort of issues according to the files that we have found in the principal's office right oh do you want to do you want to elaborate a bit just get a jog of memory i think he has a lot of issues with his dad i believe is that what the dr madsen has said in the notes 
I don't quite remember exactly what the details were, but all I remember was it saying like he needed people to keep an eye on him because he can get a little uh, maybe physical in that sense, I, I, I believe. Yeah, he, he I think one of the things that was on his permanent report or, or record was uh, he threw chairs at mm, teachers mm-hmm. like th- mm-hmm. this guy's prone to temper tantrums. Yeah, so he definitely has uh, temper issues because we can see that from the first episode. And did we see him much in the second episode? I don't remember seeing him too, too much. But all I remember was him. He had a gun in episode one. And then after the whole scene, he was trying to chase you and beat the crap out of you in the parking lot of the school. Right? So we can already tell that this guy already has some serious issues and violent tendencies violent yeah violent tendencies but i feel like uh doing all these type of fetch quests allows us to dig a little deeper and enhance the story in a way because we get to get more details out of everything of course i don't think we can we we could have skipped some stuff we didn't have to look at everything in the principal's office etc etc i think doing that allows us to just find out more information about characters and the story. I believe in episode one, Melissa said that there's just so much to read and there's so much background information. If you just go into the options menu, you can read all about the different characters. And I think doing these types of quests um, or fetch quests, whatever, gives us even more information. Generally speaking, throughout the whole episode, it was very entertaining. Uh, I kept watching and... Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Alrighty. All right, Rogers, before I kick it to Melly, I want to kick it to you in case you had anything you wanted to augment to what has been said. <laughs> Honestly, the series is annoying me. It's sure this third episode is like by far much better than episode two, but there's a pattern going on here between how they structure their stories, and it's just it's just not doing it for me. Like the huge uh, like reveals at the end, like those cliffhangers, I think are awful. They don't provide satisfying stories during the main episode, and they just drop an interesting tidbit. And if we don't carry on, like entirely in this new world in episode four, right? Like that's that's just a real waste. Because when we when we had that whole suicide story at the end of episode two, it immediately jumped away from that, and we had a new. We, di- we didn't even go back to that kind of stuff. There's no fallout from it. It was just, it was like the next day. or But it felt like it was like one week later is how it felt. And we skipped past all the items at the start of episode three about Kate Marsh's suicide and, and impact it had. And I can just foresee them just like in the first like five minutes of the next episode, just undoing stuff and then moving on with a new storyline only to have another cliffhanger at the end of episode four. Uh, and it's really pissing me off. <laughs> oh man! All right, she thinks this is could have been great as good. Harry was like, "I like it," and you were like, "This is pissing me off." <laughs> so I have to say, like, I do like like there's a good mechanic here where we had to use our like teleporting power basically, where we uh, do an action, walk into a new place, and then rewind time so we stay in that location. I thought that was good. We had a chance to do it what three times basically in this episode. But I thought you only had to do it basically once at each of those principal's office. Yes, yeah, so the principal's office mm. to get the keys, and 
you may or may not have to have used it at the pool house, uh, depending on, on how good you were at stealth games. I thought the using the teleporting powers was a good mechanic to use. It, it seems like a fun thing to do, but they could have been using that mechanic in episode two, and they could have been more liberal in its application in this episode. Because there's just a lot of times where it's... Uh, the gameplay is just not very compelling. And they introduced one new mechanic at the end of this, which is be able to like look into objects and like see memories and like alter the past and that kind of stuff we, that we learned. But I'm also thinking, was that unintentional pun? I, I, <laughs> probably a lot of times. <laughs> I, I'm also thinking that we're never going to see that again, right? That's something that they could have introduced it in episode two, right? As one new mechanic, we didn't learn any single new mechanic in episode two, and we only learned this new mechanic at the end of episode three. Like it, it just feels like there's a wasted potential here that is really annoying me more so than the actual quality of the of this particular episode in general for the overall game. It's because episode two is a filler. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're for episode two. She's very upset about that. I, I feel like Rogers has similar feelings about episode three <laughs> that she had on episode two. Uh, I, you know what? I want to agree with a lot of what you said, Rogers. Uh, and Melly, I, I think we asked you before we started this how you felt about this and if you remembered anything. And you were like, this was all a blur. And that's how I feel. Oh, man. This was... I, I feel like 90% of this episode felt very meh. Like, I ate unflavored ice cream. Like, I know I ate something. I'm not sure what it was. Until the end, when the aftertaste hit me, which was the ending. This is a very poor analogy. What I'm trying to say is the, the ending was the only thing that stuck for me on this episode. Yeah, I don't know. Melly, are you in agreement or, or do you remember more than the end? Yeah, after hearing everybody talk, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> um, like that one song, I forget what it's called now. But I would say I agree that the whole pool scene was just so random. Maybe it was fan service, but that was just so random. It's like, just gross fan service though. It's just like going into the pool with like your clothes on or like not wearing real clothes, like a bathing suit in a pool. It's just weird. And then you put on your other clothes and it's like all wet. It's just like, why would you ever do that? It was a it was like a whole thing so that we could go to Chloe's house and then we can kiss her, decide not to kiss her and then go into Rachel's clothes. Like, is that the whole point that they did that? Because we needed to wear new clothes and we wanted to pretend to be like Rachel, but not really like. Look, we've been in the same clothes since episode one. We <laughs> that's also kind of true, but um, I did. It, now that I'm thinking about it, this episode, definitely better than episode two. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think you also touched on a really big motif, which is Rachel's clothes. You're literally wearing her clothes, mm-hmm. and who noticed that? So, um, Chloe's Chloe's stepdad noticed. Chloe's right? mom. Chloe's mom noticed. And Nathan noticed, right? And Frank um, noticed. I guess Frank probably noticed. Frank definitely noticed. He um, thought you Nathan were Rachel noticed. for yeah. a split second. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he didn't murder Rachel. I like this part. Let's, let's play detective. I like detective game. We How know do we know by, that he didn't murder her? Because, because he, he liked was, her? No, because he was surprised. He, he, there was a brief second where he thought that was Rachel. And then he looked up and he's like, oh no, it's just you fucking shit. But... <laughs> If he had murdered Rachel, then it he would have been know, more shocking. Like he would have known that that definitely wasn't Rachel, right? Because he, he would he would know that she was dead, right? So obviously he he doesn't know whether or not she's dead or not. Maybe it's like a double fake, right? 
I mean, we all know you like detective games because you were very involved in her story. And we, <laughs> we also in like have five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we also said that you were the top detective and we're just like, you know, run of the mill detectives here. Yeah, we're, there, we're just there for the paycheck. <laughs> you can carry the squad. I do want to I want to disagree with what Roger said about like Kate Marsh and the suicide and how in the next episode it kind of just like went to shit. But we did get a message from like a few people, like everyone's calling us a superhero. And so we hear all that kind of stuff. But also, I think what it told us was there are so many fake people, <laughs> like everybody mm. on their door, on their walls, like, Kate, we're waiting for you to come back. Oh, we miss you so much. Like, where were you when she was like suicidal? Right. So I think that's what we learned more so is that people at Blackwell Academy be fake. They fake half. Yeah, I, I want to use that as a jumping board actually to our next discussion topic, which is virtue signaling. I think you just hit the the nail on the head. I think that's the saying on what a lot of what those kids were doing, right? Because um, I think while we were walking through the, what do you call those things? The, door. the corridors, hallways. <laughs> yeah. The hallway door, the do hallway of the dorm. There are a lot of people who wrote things on the walls like, oh, I hope you get well, uh, Kate Marsh. On her door, someone was like, oh, like praying for you. Where like before, like someone like drew will bang for Jesus on it. Oh, yeah. So those same people that are like who are bullying her and now like, oh, hope you get well soon and stuff like that. Even I think when we logged on to our social media, people were like, oh, hope you get well soon and stuff like posting on on their walls and our walls and whatnot. But then Kate Marsh is in the hospital. She can't see any of us. Who is this for? Right? And I want to throw it to y'all. What, what do you think about that? Melly, you, you say they're fake AF. My favorite things to see on social media is people who post, oh, happy anniversary, 10-year anniversary, honey. And they post a picture of, like, them and their significant other. And it's like, why would you put, like, why don't you just say it in person? Like, why would you? I, you know what I mean? Because then we, the rest of us wouldn't know how in love they were. <laughs> like who is that message for right and i'm the kind of person and maybe i'm a hater maybe people think whatever but like in group chats when people like do the whole oh happy birthday and everybody messages oh happy birthday like i'm usually the one that doesn't message in the group and i'll just dm them and, and like how is your day da, 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 da. like that's yes. what i like to do oh she gave right? you a thumbs up because i don't that too right see for good that people yeah, everyone else is garbage. They're all rubbish people. We're th <laughs> the only people who are true and good are people who privately DM people happy birthday. <laughs> right? And like we have a oh, family wow. group chat and when it's people's birthday, like my parents, they'll like message me, like they'll talk to they'll talk to me in person and be like, "Melly, you didn't you didn't wish so and so a happy birthday in the group chat." I'm like, "I did it privately." Like, don't you think that means more?" And they're like, "Oh, okay." All right. Especially if the person doesn't see it. Yeah, I, I feel like that that's like the biggest flag. And I think um, I want to throw it to everyone. How can you tell when sympathy is genuine or authentic? What are your thoughts on that? Um, or, or if anyone's got like a better way of describing virtue signaling, please you speak now. They're doing it for the likes, you know, doing it for the gram. That's that's what people are saying, right? All the time. It's like influencers are just they're nothing if they can't <laughs> influence <laughs> They can't like show anything, right? Uh, I, that's that's how a lot of people are what they're saying, and people really like to see 
you know, what's popular and what's uh, trendy. So that's why people follow along, like follow the influencer. If the influencer is like, oh yeah, we need to do this for whatever. And there are everyone who really likes this influencer would be like, yeah, we're all part of this group. We're all in this together. You know, um, it just kind of doesn't mean anything in a way, right? There, there's there's different lines where people can draw it, right? So when we say virtue sailing, uh, in the modern context, that's more like someone being disingenuous. But to to be able to say or speak out in action to say like I believe in these kinds of items. If you are also believing these kind of things, then you probably like the stuff I have to say. I think that's important to do, but that can't just all be what you're doing, right? You have to actually have some action associated with it. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, so if you want to have like a genuine discussion about stuff, right? That's one thing. But if you just want to say, oh, like I support, uh, you know, shoes with no laces. Um, and I and think people who, are, who use Velcro are just as... Uh, good as people who who use regular shoelaces like what, what deep cut. i don't know it sounds like you hate shoelaces okay well i mean to add to that uh, i i was gonna say like there was a big thing about coney in 2012 right everyone's just like yeah coney coney we are down with coney 2012 or blah 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 stuff like that and i saw i remember seeing a video where this guy was just like he put a video um up of him liking like to stop or support Coney 2012. He literally just went to like the page and he's like, yeah, I did it. Oh my God, I'm part of this. And then he just ended the video. That's it. That's, that's what I feel like some, a lot of these people are. Oh. And was that satire or was that? Well, definitely it was satire, but okay, it's wow. sat. It, the thing is it's satire, but a lot of people do that. Right? right that's why there's satire for yeah. this type of stuff for it right yeah i i did uh mention to everyone before we started this that i will grill you on your opinions because i figured that we probably all have the same opinion so i'm going to be that guy <laughs> all right be that i guy, like be that guy too but you go first the devil's advocate yes uh, oh, oh sweet! I got we got two devils advocates today. Yeah, cheese. It's a team game now. This is two v four. We're still numbered, <laughs> <laughs> but the devils got devil power, so it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you. When when is it useful? Are there any cases that it's useful to do these kind of things? Because in a way, uh, it, it's it's kind of social currency, right? And if you look at it in forms of social currency, that gives you some kind of social leverage. And if you don't, and it's one of those uh, multiplier effect things where if you don't join it into this thing, then you actually lose social currency. So, in Do a you way, really go? Oh, I don't, I don't. Melly does. I, Melly I doesn't wish people happy birthday in group chats and then people call her up for it. No, no, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's a social currency thing. I, I don't agree. Yeah. I, I think like the value in posting things like happy birthday in a group chat or the things like posting, you know, Hope you get well soon publicly on Kate Marsh's, you know, whiteboard wall or whatever it happens to be. Beyond making the person writing it feel good or look better in the eyes of, of their peers or whoever's reading that, the actual good altruistic value that comes from that is to show support and spread the message to people who may have missed it, right? So if, for example, 
it was someone's birthday and everyone wished that person happy birthday privately, you know, some people, they might have forgotten, right? And then they would never have messaged them privately to wish them happy birthday. And, you know, I think it, it's a good thing to wish by birthday. It's a good thing to remind it. People are busy. Um, if people have a lot of stuff to, to worry about, uh, it could have just been an off day. It's not necessarily a bad thing to remind someone, oh, someone's, such and such birthday is today. Um, that All that kind of stuff. And doing it publicly is just a gentle, passive reminder where you're not, where you're not like kind of forcing anyone who doesn't really want to do it. Um, the, the value there is getting a conversation going, but I don't think it's necessarily everyone's angle. But for the most part, I think it's usually just a nice thing for people to do. It's only when it's it's really vapid and and self self serving where they really don't care about it and just doing it purely for uh for the street cred or whatever you, however, whatever credit you want to put. I, I think Carrie calls it like the, grams. the grams. <laughs> the grams. Doing doing it for the gram. Doing the, the attention, right? Is it the clout? Is clout the new word? Oh my! Yeah, please don't clout, say it yes. like that. Please don't say clout, it like it's that. It's the clout. <laughs> the clout. The clout. Don't clout. say that. Don't say the it clout. like that. But what I want is bless the hearts of the people who started in the group chat because yeah, some people like forget. So like, if it's somebody's birthday and I'm the first one to remember, and I'll post in the group chat first and then still private like message them privately later, just so that people can like you know, get on the bandwagon. Oh, shit, it was somebody's birthday. Let me just message them, right? So bless bless those people who kind of start the message because then people forget. That's always my aunt. My aunt knows everybody's birthday. So bless her heart. <laughs> She's And sometimes she'll call me and she'll be like, did you wish so-and-so a happy birthday? I was like, yes, thank you. Oh, wow. You got Thanks like a manual for... Facebook reminder. <laughs> that's, that's old people Facebook. That's what it is, yes. My aunt Harry, calls me you, you, all the time. You're very adamantly against this idea uh well i don't think it has anything to do with social currency right so let me bring up some relevant uh i guess things that happen in in irl i guess with uh black lives matter there was a time where everyone was posting a lot of black lives matter uh related type of things on well i only have instagram so on instagram that's all i see right it's either on that's why you think it's just the grams <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have Facebook. I don't, I, I have Twitter, but I don't really use it. Uh, what else? That's it. I, I can't really think of any other social media platforms. Snapchat. I, have. I don't use it. TikTok. I don't, I don't, I don't have TikTok. Discord. I, I don't. I, I, well, <laughs> is, is it really social media when I only hang out with friends? <laughs> it depends on what it's social. Goes. And it's, a it, it's social within my circle. But okay, going back to just, Pure, purely Instagram or within my social, uh, like social media. I see a bunch of people um, posting a lot of Black Lives Matter related content. And there was a, a post where everyone was just posting a black screen on that on their page, right? I think it was a protest to show the importance of Black Lives Matter. And I, I agree with Roger saying that it's value to spread awareness but to me i didn't do it i don't think i lost street cred or social cred because i didn't post it but for me i didn't feel like i know enough to be part of that conversation it does that mean i don't care no i don't think so i am aware of it i'm reading on it but 
I think what they're trying to say is stop, like, stop the hate, which is what I'm understanding as value towards what they're trying to say, right? Black Lives Matter. Like, that, that's, that's, I think, the context for me. But in terms of losing social cred for not posting it, do you think I lost social cred for not posting it? Do you judge me differently because I haven't done that? Uh, I would say in that regard, if the six of us, out of the six of us, five of us did it and you didn't, we would judge you. But it's different, right? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because it's the people who are close to you probably don't care about that stuff. Right, because they they know you personally, and it's more than just a black screen on a Twitter page or Instagram page or whatever it happened to be. Right, so the only thing the only thing that that social credit is for is for the public. Right, that's not that's not for your that's not for your friend circle. That's for all your, you know, friend of a friend of a friend acquaintances. That's for some random person follows your funny tweets or hate pictures on Instagram. That's who that's for. And, and that really, if that's not your business, then it doesn't make any difference to your life, really, um, if they like you or not. Um, and then anyone who can or is important to you or does make a difference, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter because they would know your opinion anyways by talking to you rather than just through of some vapid post on a social media platform. And so the only value for that is spreading awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I think that's very idealistic, and and I'm gonna throw it to Andrew uh, in the in the effort of time. Andrew, you spoke up and you said you agree with Harry. No, I well, yeah, I do agree with Harry, but I said no. I don't think we would judge him because your example was like between the six of us. If all five of us posted like a black screen to support Black Lives Matter, and then we know that Harry didn't, we would judge him for it. I mean, I wouldn't because personally, <laughs> and we got people shaking their heads here, so they wouldn't either. It's just you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> Andy's a hater. Oh, judge him too. I judge him too. <laughs> yeah, y'all haters. Uh, so I can give you a, a, a much a, a less a less high risk stake example. I you know I work in. And a, let Angela finish. Let Angela. Oh, finish sorry. First. Yes. You didn't right, let me finish. Right. <laughs> yo, yo. You couldn't get off shit, my stage. <laughs> Holy shit, Andy. <laughs> Holy shit, Andy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. Okay. One time. I just want to say that, like, I didn't know that Harry didn't post that. And I actually posted that when it happened, too. And I think it just depends on the person's values. And as long as they, like, practice what they preach, that's all that really matters. I don't think it matters what other people think of whatever you do. And if you want to make it public to spread the word that's cool like you do you but i don't think you have to do it with the intention of like this is just for street cred or whatever or for attention for example for black lives matter like i posted the black screen and everything to spread awareness and then i donated but i didn't post the donation publicly because i don't need people to know that it doesn't matter and then like with the birthday stuff if someone wishes a birthday in a group chat i would wish it there too if i didn't already wish it privately because if I wished it privately already, why would I need to say it again? I'm just saying it to that person. As long as that person knows I care about them and I said happy birthday, that's all that matters. I'm not posting it to share with everyone else. It's just for that person. So it depends on the intention, the person's value, and just being genuine. Like, there's no point in being disingenuine. 
as long as you practice what you preach, I think that's all that matters. All right. I got, I got a few I, idealists. I came with Yuichi before I, I chime in again. <laughs> yeah, I think you're all idealists. Well, yeah, I was going to kick it off to you first, and then I was going to join in. Oh, no, it's man. Sure I'm now. getting public over. This is 2v4 right now. I'm getting my ass kicked, so please. All right, well, <laughs> unfortunately for you, Andy, I'm not going to take sides regarding whether this is good or oh, bad. Oh, wow, you see me losing oh. it. <laughs> so the thing is, I actually don't really, like, I, I don't think it matters too much whether it's good or bad, but I believe that there's positive for these virtual signaling, whether the intention is correct or not. Uh, so oftentimes, like the same people who are posting, like posting for likes, or they're just joining joining into the trend, are the same people who aren't actually going to go out of the way to do something about it, anyways. So in that scenario, it at least they're doing something better than doing nothing, right? So at least it's spreading awareness, and it's almost like like free advertisement in a sense, or or mouth to mouth advertisement, or if you have a big following, right? Even if you don't believe in a certain thing, by posting it, you're at least getting spreading like the awareness out. So I don't know. I don't... Like a marginal contribution is but better if than you're not. It's better than nothing, believe, right? But if you don't believe in it, why would you talk? About because it? your like, audience, Ram, that your depends audience on the person. believes in it, or your audience yeah. thinks, or you think your audience, or like, or more importantly, it. your audience are your close peers. Well. Okay, I guess to me, that's just my personality. I would never tell you something I won't believe, like, that I don't believe in. Wait till that's you get just... a sponsor. Wait till you get a sponsor. Yeah. You know what? We don't want to turn them down. We're not sponsored, but you know what? If an uh, article wants to sponsor us, um, I would love to have some furniture, and I'll test it out and let you guys know. Eh? Article, please send you all your refurbished furniture. <laughs> Hashtag article for this chat. Podcast. <laughs> Other refurbished yeah. companies are available. <laughs> I did want to jump in on what she said about how it still helps to spread awareness, um, even if that person doesn't believe it. But let's say, for example, that's a celebrity or someone with a big following, right? So you're saying that it's good to spread awareness because they have a following and an audience that will pay attention to it. So they'll be aware of it. But I think most of the times in those cases, when someone has a big following like that, the people that are following them are following them because they like that person and they value their opinion. So if it's disingenuous to what they actually believe, I don't think that's really helpful because one day it might come out that what they said isn't true. And that kind of flips the table again because then everyone else will be like, oh, I believe what they believe. So I don't believe in that stuff anymore either. And it's, mm. it's different depending on what it is, right? Because if they just, you know, if they're just posting... You know, is if it's like a rainbow flag in their background for Pride Month, or if it's a black screen for Black Lives Matter, but then they don't follow that up with, oh, and then maybe you should check out some of these people who actually know what they're talking about, right? If you if you're interested in learning more, and if like one percent of their following even bother to look at that, I think that's pretty good in terms of getting awareness of getting those people to actually look into something that has a genuine discussion about what's going on rather than just scrolling past some posts in the social media app. I know it doesn't have to be a large amount of people. Like Every mind changes, a mind changed. I think that's good. But it, it's when they don't bother to or are doing it to purely profit off of it. Um, especially if they're someone like an authority. right? That That's really irksome 
because there's so much potential for the disparate disinformation about that topic, right? So, for example, if they want to say, I don't know, uh, anti-vaxxers. Yeah, like like say they were not not even that, but say, say like they supported gay rights, whatever. Okay, um, and and they like that position, and they're posting all this pride stuff on their social media, but then they also held information about uh, or or like opinions about trans rights, which were kind of regressive or that kind of thing and they're trying to mix those messages together right that has a potential for harm it's kind of where a lot of the upside can be because you're you're signaling one thing and then also they're spreading disinformation about a subset of that piece which you don't which you, you don't share the same opinion as the greater organization or greater social group ho- uh holds about that topic right so so t- to be clear so what if you don't do any of the, so so you just post and say, oh yes, I support this. What cheese? What's cheese saying is that is better than doing nothing. But I don't see what you, how what you said does not align with what he is saying because she's like, hey, this tiny marginal thing that they're signaling, whether they believe it or not, is better to the overall goal of whatever it is they're supporting than them doing zero percent. Like if we take it back to the context of the game, right? If we Say if nobody writes anything about K or no one seems to care, is that worse than if someone writes, you know, I hope you do better, Kate, or I hope you feel better, Kate, or something like that, even if they don't mean it? At least it's there. It gives the awareness. Now Victoria has less of an incentive to be a jerk because she's seen what happens when you go too far being a jerk. Some people still continue. Well, it's a good thing, but I think some people are just... To me, it's like they're ruthless. They're not going to stop, right? Right. And we don't know if Victoria... So Victoria had posted that video about Kate Marsh on the internet. We don't think she was forced to take that down, do we? She took that down of her own will, right? After seeing what happened to Kate Marsh. She didn't get in trouble for any of that kind of stuff. Otherwise, she would have been suspended. So let's say in a hypothetical world, she's got a second video on on us. Hypothetical. On Mm -hmm. Max Caulfield. She's got a second video. She's ready to go. She has it timed on her YouTube plan or whatever. And she saw what happened to Kate Marsh. And now everyone around her is writing these virtual signaling things on Kate Marsh's wall, on her social media, leaving flowers on her door. I mean, also, that was kind of weird. She's not dead. But like, you know. To the well, hospital. Now, if you were, I, yeah, also that. Now, if you were Victoria, would you still release that second video on Max Caulfield, this hy- very hypothetical scenario. That's I think I she would. Max Caulfield. So Harry thinks. I think she'd she wait. Would. She would. No, but she'd wait. You no, know why? Do you know why I think she would? Because her character has not changed. Because we saw in a scene where they were trying to break in Max and Chloe break into school. They overheard Victoria talk to hot teacher. I forgot his name. Hot oh, teacher, going, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> going on a trip together. <laughs> yeah, she felt bad for Kate, but then she was shitting so hard on Max. She's just the next target. Do you think she felt guilty? No, absolutely not. I did not see any sense of remorse or guilt. She was only doing it because everyone's on the bandwagon saying, please get better, Kate Marsh. We feel bad for you. Or please, blah, 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 whatever. I think that's a very different scenario because Kate Marsh was not her rival. right? Kate Marsh was just some girl she picked on. Right? Mm-hmm. Max pisses... Uh, what's her name? Victoria? Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> right? And she's actively competing for that spot in that competition. 
she 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 has no fear that Kate Marsh was ever going to win that competition over her, right? So that was just a play thing to do, something fun, something she was bored with. You know, wouldn't it be fun if I posted this kind of thing, right? Well, no, I think in turns add to her personality because in that conversation, she tried to threaten the teacher like by blackmailing him. So I think her character as a whole is very, very negative. That's why I feel like in general, I don't see or I don't see the remorse. I don't like that's why I still feel like if she had Victoria happens to have a second video, she will post it. But for example, she wouldn't post that video if it was about Dana, right? Right, because Dana's not her rival, right? She's only messing with Dana uh, through her boyfriend. So if she had some weird, like, drunken party video of Dana, she wouldn't be posting that now after Kate Marsh. Mm. Only if Dana, like, was threatening her in the competition or was doing something else, would she then post that. But she wouldn't do it absentmindedly after what has happened to Kate Marsh. But I think that's that's completely different because she's part of the circle. She's only picking on people that's outside the circle. She's already picking on her. Uh, she's already picking on her, right? But the the point I'm trying to make is that there's a difference in the relationship between why she's picking on Kate Marsh and why she would pick on Max. Kate mm-hmm. Marsh was just someone easy to pick on because she was bored and she wanted a little bit of entertainment. And so she would post these videos and they would sneer and laugh and all that kind of stuff uh, and gossip. When it comes to Max, she has an agenda that she wants to do. So the, the, the amount that she's willing to go would be much further if she's trying to target Max, than if she was trying to target just some random classmate she had, right? And so I think that's a distinction. The the signaling that's happened, you know, not only did she witness someone try to drop off the bridge, or the bridge, um, a school roof. roof, the school roof, that may have been the most contributing factor, you know, even without everyone writing all their messages, she might have still take it on the video, but we don't know what exactly was it. But some combination of that has helped her change her mind, and she's taking on that video. Um, after seeing the result of that. And I don't think she would do that to just some random classmate anymore, right? There would need to be a specific reason why she's doing it going forward. Not only because she, she feels bad about it, but because if you want to feel it as if she's like a, you know, a really evil character, then it's because she doesn't want to take that risk of being caught for not much game, right? So she's only going to do that if there's a value to it. If she could post yeah. that shit anonymously, she would do it in a heartbeat, dude. Well, she did already, right? Oh, because it was on like a website. It wasn't yeah, even re- like, she, it yeah, didn't even re- have her name on it. True. She, did, she didn't get caught, right? She took it down voluntarily as far as I um, can remember. Yeah. So what, what I'm trying to say is with all the signaling from all these other students, even if the signaling will not be seen by Kate right, at all. Well, it it uh, will at some point, right? Sure. At some point in the future, if someone's watering the flowers in front of her door, maybe she'll come back and be able to smell them and they won't be like totally dead. But. <laughs> Even with all that in mind, do do you think that all that signaling could draw boundaries for other people who would have exemplified that kind of toxic behavior? I think the movement of that is not going to be that great. You know, Kate Marshall hears stories about, oh, you know, all the schools come out and sign all this kind of stuff. And it's really down to the individual, right? Do they care about that? You know, is she just going to think, oh, all these like like fakers uh, and she's going to be resentful of that and like see that as a negative? Or she's just going to take it at face value and take solace that, you know, all these people care. But I imagine someone who's attempting to commit suicide over this, over having their social, over having a social life, sorry, destroyed is 
probably not going to care that much about all these other people who didn't come to her aid when she needed it, who didn't stand up for her, or I imagine it's not going to hold much sway in terms of how she feels. All right. I mean, uh, I, I hold my view that y'all are very idealistic. In the interest of time, though, I <laughs> jumped to the next topic. Yeah, I, I think the moral of the story is to thy own self be true unless you are socially smart, in which case you can use this to navigate your own gains. Speaking of, hey, I, I'm just, this, this is the reality of the world. Chaos Theory, I believe, is the name of this episode. And I wanted to throw it out there. What do you think of this chaos theory? Because uh, within chaos theory, I don't know if you've seen a movie Butterfly Effect. Um, it was apparently a subsection of chaos theory. So um, for listeners who don't know what chaos theory is, it is, the su- uh, I believe Wikipedia says, the study of uh, seemingly random systems that actually have an underlying uh, system or pattern, in which case uh, Butterfly Effect is by changing one of those initial circumstances you change a whole lot of stuff subsequently because that seemingly random pattern is actually influenced by that initial circumstance if you watch the movie it makes a lot more sense a butterfly flaps its wing in africa its iron markers push each other across and then it causes a hurricane in louisiana that's the butterfly effect yes that that's the more uh Yeah, that, yeah that's to be a little more specific, it's that a small change causes a big change. Right, it ripples through the environment. Yeah, right? it's like compound interest. Yes, exactly. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I think we witnessed something really big happen at the end of this. It only took three hours to get there. <laughs> I wanted to throw it out there. Are there any? circumstances in your life that you wish you would change and how do you think that would have uh, you know changed the rest of your life for better or for worse i'll go first so there is actually absolutely nothing in my past i want to change because i actually agree with the butterfly effect if you change even something small that might happen when i was maybe even like a few years ago i don't think i would necessarily be the exact same person i am today and because i like how the person i am today i don't want any of my past to change even though there was probably a lot of times in the past that I regret, but I don't want to change it because I believe, I always believe in learning from mistakes. And I think I said that in the previous podcast as well. You have to trip down the stairs a few times in order to learn how to climb it properly. Maybe that's not the best analogy, but something like that. Hey man, I, I think I, I, I've been making bad analogies this whole time, so it's all <laughs> I got it from you, man. What happens when you side with me for a little bit? I rub off on you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the most successful people, they're not, like, straightway into successfulness, right? They've probably hit a lot of failures in their life before they got to where they are now. So maybe if you didn't have failed a few times, you won't be as successful as you are right now. That's my take. I see a lot of thinking faces. I wish I invested in NVIDIA five years ago. Or more money <laughs> in NVIDIA. That, that's done so well since I have been. Oh yeah, but, yeah I, wish... I wish I bought some GameStop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't want GameStop is rubbish. I don't want to hear no paper hands and pull doors or whatever. Rocket chip. I... Oh my god. Okay. Rocket so emoji. Pew, 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 pew. I think that's uh, that's what we should put in in the title. Of this. I like it. Yeah, actually, if I had Max Clawfield's powers, I would look at the stock ticker, see what goes up, go back in time, dump everything in. Well, she didn't go back to that far. Well, yeah. No hey, that's day trading, right? It's like it sounds like micro trading, right? 
Yeah, we need a lot of capital, don't you? Well, not if you have powers. <laughs> no, if you know, if you if you play with the risky ones like GameStop and AMC, then you'll definitely make bank with small mm. amounts of money. You'll you'll make a bank happy. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers, you were saying you 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 would only use the power to change what you invest in. Well, the reason for that is because, like Chiron, anything else would have too much of an impact on my day-to-day life and the relationships I've built. And I like the ones that I have. I'm not at a point where I'd risk all of those to have something different, right? Which could be better or could be worse. I like the ones that I have. And so anything except for like those stock stuff or like investment savings, like none of impact my current life, right? All that stuff would impact what would happen, you know, 10, 15 years from now. But I haven't got there yet, so I don't know. I- I'm okay risking that part because uh, it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> She said you're rich. She also wouldn't change anything. Harry, what would you change? Did you want to invest in more GameStop AMC? I mean, if it's just monetary stuff, yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, this is an open-ended question. If you want to keep it in if money on your mind. I've always thought about it. If I could go back and invest in like certain companies, I'd be making so much money now than I would. If you could go back in time, you should invent Google. (laughs) No. It, that that's where stuff changes though because if you become super rich like really young right that changes your relationships you have and that's the kind of thing i wanted to avoid that's probably only like going back like five years and ha- investing a moderate amount of money in something i know is going to be successful i'm not going to be super rich it's not going to change my life dramatically but it's going to set me up for the future in university you should have bought apple that's what you should have done well yeah that would be nice too but <laughs> I'll share one thing I think I would have changed that wouldn't have changed too much, I think, in my current life. But maybe who knows, right? Chaos theory. One time I was I was running late for something. I was literally running late and I had to get through a parking lot at the bottom of a hill and I was sprinting down this hill like an idiot and I tripped and mid trip, I thought, Oh man, you know what would be a really good idea? If I launched myself in the air and then did a roll as I hit the cement. And that was all a bad idea. There was nothing good that came out of it. I hurt, I think I like sprained my wrist that it hurt for the subsequent three years if I bent it in an angle. It was the worst thing, man. I, I hit the cement and then because I was running so fast and launched myself in the air, I skid like a good like three, four meters on my back. And luckily, I had a string bag on with shit inside, and everything inside got scraped. And the whole time, I was like, what have I done? And I got nothing good out of that. I would definitely go back in time and not do that. You, you don't think that it will affect something in the future? Yeah, it affected affect- my hand. What, what, if, what if, like, in the future, something worse happens than that fall? Happened, like, like, I'm, I'm running towards a parking lot again. And, uh, and you get hit by a bus. Like yeah, like you, you no longer became as cautious. You didn't learn your lesson, so you're still as reckless as you were back so, then. So I'm still jumping down hills. <laughs> still jumping down hills, or or I like, think you could jump down hills and you jump down a hill and a bus hit you. Things happen. Maybe, yeah, chaos maybe it, it could. Yeah, chaos here. <laughs> it could be. Or next time I don't wear a string bag and I just scrape my entire back. Who knows? Did right anybody now? see no. that? Did anybody see you? Like fun. yes, I was running was like two mentees at the time. I was, I was a mentor, like a. Oh, I was setting a great oh, example. Terrible example. <laughs> I thought you said EMTs. I was like, oh, that's lucky. <laughs> oh no, no, there there were paramedics in the vicinity because it was an event. I saw them and they're like, eh. 
Yikes. <laughs> well, you know what? You probably gave all these people like talking points. Hey, I saw this guy tumble down this hill today. It was hilarious. He wasn't seriously <laughs> injured. And then maybe that conversation went into something else and then their lives could have changed. And now they're professional tumblers. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Could be. Could be. Could be. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's something I would go back and change. Man, that might... My, my... My wrist hurt for like this next three years. You know how much I could have lifted at the gym if I didn't? <laughs> Blame the I wrist. Been, yeah, I could have been buff, bro. Yeah, but then if you're buff, that would have changed other things in your life. Yeah, I would have been more confident. Maybe. People would like me more. Oh, man, life would have been so much better. <laughs> Are you saying you're not any of those? I, I, I refuse to believe that. Yeah, man, it's, it's this quarantine, man. I've, I've lost everything. Take it off. Take it nice. There's, there's nothing to take off. Uh, Roger, Roger just wants a free show. That's what he wants right now. <laughs> there's a reason why we're sweaters now. There, there's things to cover, not show. <laughs> oh. Look, if I didn't fall down that hill, all of this would be ripped. Adjo's shaking her head. With holes in them? It's like, that, that's, a, that's a trend. Not, so no, nobody has anything that they would, that they would uh, change. That they would change? Well, that they would go back and try to change, no matter what the subsequent consequences would be. Okay. All right, maybe I would try to not break my finger. Okay, I think that's the only thing I would want it's to worse try. Worse than my wrist. Yeah, you exploded your finger. Oh, that was, oh, yes, I would not. I would try to not be as clumsy, and just yeah, and try not to break my finger. Imagine how ripped you'd be right now. <laughs> well, no, because COVID have happened right after, so no one was going to the gym. Oh, that's true. But I mean, you can high five with that hand again, and wouldn't it be weird. Well, what else can't you do now because of that finger? Uh, I think just lifting things just right from the ground is weird. But everything else is okay. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, but it's just shorter. It's All uneven. Right. Oh, well, I guess uh, future painters who paint famous Harry will have to take that Wait, into account. That... Can we see? <laughs> here, you can just take a look right here. Uh, here. Oh, it, it, oh yeah, it was oh, a middle so finger, too. Slightly ah. shorter. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it's it's definitely like by like half a centimeter or something like that or one centimeter so oh. dang that, that's got quite a bit but you know i'm actually surprised that nobody wanted to change their grades because we had a chance to do this we could have changed our friend's grades during this episode uh, didn't use any Melly. time powers <laughs> that, was just, that was just breaking into the school and changing people's grades <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Usually people bring it to school, it's to change grades. Uh, Melly, you chose not to. I want to hear why. You could have changed our friend's Warren. He, he had like a what? Uh, 3 point something GPA. Yeah. He had a 3.9. He had something a 3.9 like GPA. And he had like a 70 on this science test. Man, you're going to ruin the guy's 3.9 GPA by not changing his test. Why? Melly doesn't even like Warren. <laughs> Melly doesn't even <laughs> like Warren. So what happened was I accidentally changed his grade. I think I did by accident because I was trying to pick up the salt to make the bomb, right? So we oh, were in the science Warren's class. Warren's salty now, yeah. I'm sure he's... Well, he doesn't need to know. <laughs> and so I clicked the button, but the test was right beside it. And then I, I think I accidentally changed the grade. And then I rewind. I was like, wait, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Wouldn't even let it go. Went back in time to not change it. Because if you think about it, the person, why would one, why would the teacher leave like graded papers there? 
I don't know how teachers do it, <laughs> but like you would think that then it's there so that they can hand them out. Don't you think that the the teacher already graded it, put it in their like yeah, computer, the and then like it's just there to hand out? So if we say that Warren got like a ninety, and then he gets a ninety, but then on his report card he gets a seventy, it's going to be very confusing. Like we're not actually changing any of the content; we're just changing the actual mark. All right, uh, doesn't make any sense. Plus, okay, Warren, let, let me throw you. You, you should have like done better. <laughs> Dang, Warren, you should just to better. get uh, Planet of the Apes with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess he so. didn't study because he was trying to plan this date you, that you said yes to. <laughs> hey, he's with Stella now. It's all right. It's all yeah, good. I like the new timeline actually. I'm low key jealous. Why do you not like <laughs> Chloe? No, okay. So I don't know this in the in the last podcast, but in the in episode two, uh, Chloe's on the tracks. is going to get run over by a train. What I wanted to happen as an interesting thing, because Chloe's kind of boring character at this point, is that she knows that Maxine will be right time. I wanted Chloe to be severely crippled by the train, and to blame Max for not being able to rewind the time to save her. But Max like was trying to, but couldn't actually do it. But Chloe just Chloe doesn't get that. Chloe doesn't get that she couldn't do it, and so she's just mad at at max for not for why did you use your powers to save me i don't understand that would be a cool dynamic to have and now we kind of actually kind of got got well she ended up being crippled we don't know how she feels about it afterwards but we'll, we'll find out i guess in the next episode but i was like oh this is interesting this is, what, this is why i i kind of was like i wanted sort of to happen but actually i didn't really want to be I, never mind i take that back i want her to be mad at max for not using her powers this is it just happened to be the end result was kind of the same, but... <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you just wanted Chloe to be crippled. I'm like, oh, oh my no, God. No, Don't put words in his bad. mouth. Don't put words in his mouth. Also, <laughs> Chloe looked really happy. Like, being a crippled? Oh, my God. She was No, like, I don't think that's not, what made her happy. Cripple, but, like, he looked like he was having, like, a good life. Like, I thought... I don't her know. regular I, colored hair. It'd be... Not, not her hair color, but, like, just, like, the smaller face, you know, her loving father... I'd be hard-pressed to say, like, no, we need to go back to the time where you're all angry and miserable and you hate everyone and your dad died. Dad died, yeah. Right? I, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but, like... That's okay, yeah. Like, I don't... I think the the life that... Or the timeline that we ended up in is pretty good. Like, we don't even want to date Warren anyway. So it's great that he's, he's like, dating... A, what's her name? Who can speak Ella. about... Ella. 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 Stella. So, hey. so <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, our the character Max is very shocked about what all the stuff is going on. Where I think he should just be embracing it, be like, "Look, everything's great." Uh, and and you know, being in a wheelchair is not so bad. I mean, there's little difficulties here and there. Although she's a bit more. She's like she's like breathing tubes and stuff. She needs to have. Um, she got some space shit going on. But we'll. I guess we'll find out more about what her challenges are, if any. Uh, going forward all right yeah actually I, yeah that is the more salient thing that uh, rogers brought up uh one thing i did want to bring up about the ending was the how her house is now um the same blue as the butterfly was and the bird was which is interesting but no longer her hair so it does seem like if the blue was supposed to symbolize anything it has transferred to the house and away from chloe herself which is an interesting symbol and kind of a uh, flag. Does that mean we yeah. need to fix the house? Or I, yeah. I or the house isn't 
Well, I think that the things that we've seen uh, with that shade of blue, the blue butterfly, the blue bird, Chloe's blue hair, um, now the blue house, they, they, these things do kind of line up with some kind of uh, victimhood. So it looks like the house, if we're reading intention, if it reading it intentionally as they are intentionally or not doing it, that the house seems to be a victim of something, and that something would be our power. The house is going to die. The house is going to burn down. The house is going to burn. The house is going to burn down, and then her dad's going to die of the fire. Are you trying to say it's foreshadowing some sort of thing that might happen? In the house. maybe you think you house. think you think because the the color blue or that that specific type of blue all resulted in something bad happening. Uh, this house that happens to be the same shade of blue. Please change your shirt. Yes, thank you. <laughs> is a foreshadow. Angela, is you too. <laughs> She's covered his blue shirt. <laughs> Everyone has the same blue shirt oh on. And there is, <laughs> is, is foreshadowing something bad's about to happen. Maybe. Maybe something bad's about to happen or something bad has happened to that thing. Maybe. Who knows? But in, in ter- I, I think what Roger is saying is that's totally up to interpretation on how you interpret Chloe's newfound life. Uh, Roger's arguing her life is arguably better. Good. Yeah, than her, you know, in the, in our original timeline. Does anyone disagree with that? Any anyone have thoughts about uh the, the original timeline perhaps being a bit better? Because I I mean even with Melly, man, Warren's not macking on you anymore. Oh, Warren's yeah. got Stella. <laughs> he's got Stella. He's he's got a he's got a new tank. Maybe we're so, gonna start dating Nathan. Who knows, dude. <gasps> Ew. Oh, Nathan could be a really nice guy now. He could be a really nice guy now. True. We're part of the Vortex Club. We're in the in crowd yeah. now. I ship them. I yeah, ship we're, them. We're friends with Victoria. Yeah. Everything seems to be great. <laughs> I was worried. When it started off and we were friends with, with Victoria, I was afraid that Chloe was going to hate us. But when oh. we showed up there, she was like perfectly happy to see us. So yeah. it seems all good. Maybe we'll find out more in episode four. That's why I can't really say anything. But as of right now, I would say the current timeline seemingly seems better. But maybe I will change my mind in episode four. Yeah, because as long as she's doing emotionally well with, you know, being in a wheelchair and having a bunch of stuff. Uh, she can get robot limbs nowadays. Like, what year is this? Like, it's it's early 2000s that it's set in. I, I don't know. There's Facebook. Early, early 2010s. They, they got like iPhones yeah. and stuff. I think it's like 2010. All I'm going to say is, I swear to God, if Chloe's mom is dead, I'm going to be very upset. Oh. We I was don't gonna know. Say, I was going to say she might not be in the, the, the picture. The picture. What? Oh. Before before we get sucked out and forced into the racial timeline. Yeah. So before before the thing, uh, the, the, the episode ended, it was her dad opening a door and it was Chloe. But from my, like how I would show it, if the mom's in the picture, is she'd be in the background behind Chloe. I don't know. She mm. could just be at work at the diner. I'm sure. just saying she better be alive or I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. All right. It, it sounds like actually we're actually all on the same page. Here. It sounds like the new timeline sounds better for everyone. And yeah, I, but, it, but it's so weird because the game plays it off as if it isn't. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, it's, the it's, game's like plays it off as if oh, it's terrible that we're in the Vargas Club. It's terrible that we are friends with Victoria. It's terrible that Warren's dating someone. I think it's terrible in Max's perspective because it's everything that's different from what she originally has seen. Right? She doesn't have any memories. But change is bad. Well, no, she doesn't have memories of having fun or liking these people. Right? So her being in this new place, it's like the hell. Like, why am I talking to you, Victoria? You hate me. I hate you. Why is Nathan there? Well, Max can can get over herself. (laughs) (laughs) So I just feel like in Max's perspective, not our perspective, because our perspective seems like, yeah, it's better. But in Max's perspective, if everything changed with what's going on, eh, I feel like, yeah, it's a shocker. Uh, Like, a lot of the bad things became good, but you have no memory of it. I, I... I feel like it might not be a great thing for Max, personally. A la dot Max is here in the universe. I got special time powers. <laughs> I mean, she is the main character, so yeah. She is the central the tornado, universe. Oh, but is the tornado still going to come? Yes or no? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Who knows? She, what we haven't asked about the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. We didn't ask about the weather that whole time. Oh, but at the end of episode, uh, didn't we see like dead whales and stuff like that? That's, I think animals yeah, was a big motif. Yeah. Animals and nature is a big motif. Um, a lot of dead birds around the parking lot when we were trying to break into Frank's RV. Um, whales now beaching themselves uh, along Arcadia Bay. That was in the new timeline? Yes. Yeah. Okay. As she was going to uh, visit Chloe. House. So yeah, things are escalating. birds. And the, yeah. the birds, no, the birds were in the, the in birds were the old, the old one. Yeah. But, but now even the, this the new, new one is the, the two whale. beached whales. The so it looks whales. like, or There's it three? appears that yeah, yeah. Oh. three, yeah. Was three. Yeah. It appears that the more we use our powers and the, and the deeper we get into them, the the more nature seems to be decaying around us. And it looks like it's escalating in terms of size. We go from birds to whales, so this is a very big dramatic jump. So with that in mind, Chi, what what do you have to? Uh, um, yeah, I actually really agree with Harry. I think regardless of the if the situation is better or worse, what if one of us, any of us one day wake up and our friends are no longer our friends and the people that we have no idea are hanging out with us now, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's better for, for, for or worse. I can wake up and have a million dollars, but if I don't know any of the people I'm hanging out, I'd rather go back. That's just me. I mean, some people make me like a million dollars, but yeah. With my million dollars, I'll woo my old friends back. But you, you know, but okay, but also this, you, you know, you made a change in the past, right? Max knows she changed how history went and she saved Chloe's father. Right, but right? she did it unintentionally, not knowing the outcome of it, hence the butterfly effect. Right, but even, even not knowing the outcome of it, when you do realize the outcome of it, mm-hmm. do you still want to go back? Well, what if we're no longer your friends one day you wake up and none of us are here don't you you don't want to go back and try to figure out what happened and reclaim what you initially had i think if the deed that i changed enough i have to give you guys up i'm sorry <laughs> the what that you changed like bringing back someone's bringing back someone from the dead right yeah. it seems you know if we're not the bestest of friends anymore but i say my best friend's father and they are now happy you know, you guys are still happy. It's like you're not like. But then there's conditions, right? Like right. you're thinking of like 
if you lose us, right? Maybe to you that's okay. Maybe what if but you, as long as you guys are still okay, right? Right, right. But like, let's say what if like, like torture or whatever. What if you're no <laughs> like you don't know Kirk anymore? And instead of Kirk, it's some random person there now that he's telling you, "Hey, you know, we've been together for like five years. Why don't you recognize me or know me?" Right? Mm. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. Just to me, it's. That's why I would never go back in the past and change anything because let's just say right now, right? If under the circumstance that maybe just say I'm in a wheelchair right now, I actually wouldn't go back in time and change it because whatever happened after you enter your legs and become in a wheelchair, right? You suddenly, you lose all that. And I don't think like those memories are still real, regardless of if you're in a wheelchair or not. Are they real if you can just change them though? Yeah, I mean, can, would you ever erase, like, two years of your life, the last two years of your life? But if I replace it with something else? I mean, not everyone can just do that, right? Well, I mean, if you had time powers to change stuff, right, then then you are, right? So Max doesn't have, like, her old, like, the memories <laughs> well, that's in the, That's the plot of the butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. You trying to do things. <laughs> It's like Melissa said, she doesn't have memories of what happened. Yeah, she doesn't That's know true. what happened, right? So you like waste you wasted those years kind of sort of. So don't go and back you have too to catch far. up. <laughs> go back like 3 days max. <laughs> <laughs> don't go back like 10 years. That's interesting. You know, uh we we talked about our thoughts on the ending, which kind of brings us to our ending. It's time to rate this episode. Angela what are your ratings for this episode and why? Mm, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 dead birds. Ooh. Yeah, because I think out of the three episodes we played so far, this one had the most action and it had, had the most suspense, I'd say, as well, since we had to hide and do a lot of snooping. And we did sneaking confront some snooping. people. Yeah, sneaking. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, I think this episode was very good. All right. Uh, Melly, you played this one. What are your thoughts? I'm going to give it 3.5 out of 5 prescription pills from Nathan's Locker. <laughs> this was a tough one to play because there was so much sneaking and snooping and I'm so <laughs> bad at it. But I really did enjoy when we were in the garage trying to look through Chloe's dad's kind of stuff and we went into his car and we found that like little note that Joyce wrote for him in the diner that was, oh, that so was cute yeah, that was right cute. and that one that year ended up being the password to his computer so so he's not step total dad. Dad. he's step step douche step douche step douche he was he's still he's creepy and douche. weird but you know what I've you know he's not as bad but he's still kind of bad so 3.5 out of 5 Nathan's prescription pills in his locker. Harry, what, what about you? For me, I would say four out of five. Holy shit, Max! <laughs> because, again, uh, this episode, like everyone said, was very... There's a lot of uh, action. There's a lot of things going on, and I felt like the story advanced a lot more. It wasn't very... It wasn't long and just boring and, like, she said earlier it's a filler episode and i felt like we actually got somewhere in this story so four out of five holy shit max four out of five holy shit maxes uh she you really like this 
Yeah, I agree with everything that Harry and Angela said. So my score is the same as there, actually. I give it a four star. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, I talked about what was bad about it, in my opinion. So if you remove some of those or fix some of those, we're back on track with being like a near five star. Let's just forget chapter two ever existed wow. and put us back on track. I still have high hopes for this story. So back on please, track with episode three. Please. Yeah, I'm still very excited to play this game or to watch you guys play this game. But yeah, well, please. ironically, episode two, there was a track. Oh my god, I like trains, <laughs> but that episode's terrible. <laughs> oh. What What do you think about this one, though, Rogers? I okay, I just say this. This was a good episode. They did have actual gameplay mechanics going on. The story was didn't drag. There's actually no place I really dragged in the story. I thought um, it was pretty good. Not even at diner where we heard "Holy shit, Max!" twenty times. I thought that was funny. I, I enjoyed that <laughs> bit. Um, Nathan Prescott is pretty fun. I like when we interact with him. Uh, he he's like so story. over the top. <laughs> yeah, he should be in the story more often. You know what? He reminds me of um, the rival from Pokemon, from Pokemon like Red and Blue. Gary, he's, he's, he's Gary, 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 <laughs> Gary. Yeah, where he's just a douche to you. And he's rich, and he goes everywhere in a convertible. Yeah. <laughs> what I rate this? You know, this is a a full stack of pancakes, but it's missing all the fixings. Um, and also you had to drink an awful like sweaty sock kombucha before you got it. So if you got this far already, I might as well keep going. But just fast forward through most of the game to get to here, because I don't think it's worth going through episode two, honestly. Ooh. Oh man! So what you're <laughs> saying is, if it wasn't for us, you would have stopped playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all right. Thank you for bringing us back to Earth with a uh, sticky socks, kombucha, and a pancake with no fillings. Um, this sounds like <laughs> my breakfast. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, dude, I'm a little every kind of person, man. I don't want to season everything up with whipped cream and everything. That's too much work. I want to say the only interesting part, again, I want to reiterate, was the last part of this episode. Everything in the beginning almost didn't matter right when we hit the end because we just changed the last 10 years of our life, which erased all of episode two. Right. That super annoyed me. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, 90% of episode three. I am going to give this episode 1.5 selfies. That's it. No, no, no out of what? Just 1.5 selfies. What's the 0.5 selfie? It's like you click the Polaroid. It came out, but didn't fully develop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this one hurt me. This one hurt me quite a bit. It got so bad that like once I start digging and getting literary, <laughs> that's when you know I'm bored. <laughs> I don't care. That's an analyze because that's how I got to jog my brain. <laughs> oh, man. But... You know, th this has been episode three of Life is Strange. Uh, one, it's called Chaos Theory. This has been Watch, Play, Cry. This episode has been brought to you by myself, Andy Wong. Rogers. Melly. Harry. B. And Angela. Thanks for listening. Music by Eric Alpinado, editing by Harry Chung and Gabriel Hauser.